0: Dr. Katter Asmal, remembering the inspirational academic, always enthusiastic, always engaging, always liberal, and always challenging students to stretch their minds. South Africa's Bill of Rights, which formed the crux of the country's 1993 constitution, was drafted on a kitchen table in a house in Fox Rock over a wet weekend in 1988 by two South African human rights lawyers. Albie Sachs was just out of hospital in Mozambique, having survived a car bomb attack executed by the South African security forces in which he lost his right arm and the sight in his left eye. Dr. Cater Aspel was a lecturer in international law in Trinity and latterly Dean of the Faculty of Arts. He had co-founded the Irish Anti-Apartheid League with his wife Louise almost a quarter of a century earlier. As the two lawyers worked quickly and rigorously to hammer out the text, with Asmal stepping outside every half hour for a cigarette because Louise didn't want him smoking inside, they knew the tide was turning in South Africa, but it would be 18 months before they got the news they had been waiting for, Mandela's release from prison. In Asmal's words, after two hours in our sitting room in Fox Rock, staring at the television on 9th February, 1990, we finally got to see Mandela. Anti-apartheid committee members crowded into our house cheered, and raised glasses of champagne. Friends, neighbors, and people we hardly knew phoned congratulations and sent bouquets of flowers. A few months later, Asmal returned to South Africa after a 30-year exile and was appointed to the ANC's executive committee. He served as a member of the negotiating team that established the government in 1993 and was Minister for Water and Forestry 1994 to 1999 and Minister for Education, 1999 to 2004, before his death in 2011. Asmal's journey from law lecturer, to human rights activist, to negotiating the end of apartheid, to Minister of Education, is one of the most extraordinary of any Trinity academic. It starts with the example of his father, an Indian shopkeeper in KwaZulu Natal, who brought him up with a deep understanding of freedom and anti-colonialism. After moving to London in 1960 to study law in the London School of Economics, LSE, he helped found the UK anti-apartheid movement. When he was appointed lecturer in Trinity in 1963, he brought the movement to Ireland. The Trinity Department of Law in the 1960s was small, and in common with other Irish universities at the time, it offered no postgraduate courses. The arrival of ASML was cataclysmic. Yvonne Scannell, now fellow emeritus of the Trinity School of Law recalls, his teaching style was completely different to our other lecturers, much more student-friendly, approachable, and concerned for our well-being and our future. I learned from him that you could be warm towards students, that you didn't have to maintain barriers, you could show concern and get involved in student activities. Scannell recalls in particular his kindness to students in need. He would have students from Africa, staying in his house, and he also did everything to help Irish students who were experiencing disadvantage. This was putting into practice his commitment to social justice. As a lecturer, he had not a scintilla of interest in the corporate legal world, says Scannell. All his aspirations and idealism led towards the international area and toward human rights and labor law. He imbued a sense of social purpose and concern for the underprivileged in his students. For years afterwards, a huge number of us who went on to do postgraduate studies did it in international law, and that was thanks to Catter. The effect on students of his social activism, his informality, and his intellectual engagement is attested to across the pages of Trinity Tales, Alumni Memories Through the Decades, published in four volumes by Lilliput. Fidelma Mackin, Supreme Court Justice 2005 to 2012 writes, He had quite a reputation as a firebrand. He was one of the few lecturers who actually spoke to and discussed matters with us, although disgust might not be quite the right word for what used to happen. He was so enthusiastic he would lose track of where he was quite readily, but we never minded because whatever topic he veered off on was quite fascinating. Journalist and publisher Nick Mokahi recalls, Asmal was always enthusiastic, always engaging, always liberal and always challenging students to stretch their minds. Liz O'Donnell, TD, Dublin South, 1992 to 2007, remembers his lectures were lively and intensely partisan affairs. Notes from his presentation meant little afterwards. It was pure theater. He was a busy man, which suited me when I was looking for an extension for an essay. Waiting to see him in the corridor outside his office were far more needy and urgent cases such as people on the run or about to be deported. My piffling request was waved through in a swirl of Rothman smoke. As well as the Irish Anti-Apartheid League, he also founded the Irish Council for Civil Liberties ICCL, in 1976 with a mission to address what Mary Robinson called Twin Challenges, the need to create political and personal space in Ireland Through reform of the constitution and laws, and the need to affirm standards of civil liberties in the context of the increasing violence in Northern Ireland. Fintan O'Toole, executive member of ICCL, and a self-described foot soldier in the anti-apartheid movement, recalled Asmal in his Irish Times obituary as the bossiest man I ever knew, and the least authoritarian. He wasn't a bully, but he did run meetings in a way that was utterly foreign to Irish shores. Discussion was quick, to the point, and intended to be decisive, and the decisions were invariably the ones Catter wanted. People almost always found themselves agreeing with him, not just because he was charismatic and eloquent, and possessed of a rigorous intelligence, but also because he was generally right. In his twenty-seven years in Trinity, his influence was immense. He imbued generations of students with what Scannell calls a spirit of altruism and service, inspiring them to political activism. On the national stage, he drove the civil liberties movement and educated people on the evils of apartheid, culminating in the pivotal event that made headlines worldwide, the refusal of Dunstor's stores workers to handle South African produce in 1984. On his passing in 2011 at a large-scale gathering in the Mansion House to commemorate his life, Seamus Heaney called him a tireless ambassador for the Republic of Conscience. In 2012, the Department of Foreign Affairs established the Cater Fellowship Program for students from South Africa to study at master's level in Ireland.